spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. Alrighty, welcome to 31 for 31, a Halloween-themed podcast to keep you watching movies the entire month of October. And I am your host, Chris Boniello, along with my co-hosts, Cody Mason and Jamie Lansdowne. And today for day eight, we are going with 2015's The Lore, directed by Agnieszka Smoczenska. And while we're waiting for it, I hope I said that. Well done. (laughs) We finally got to because that is the one name I worked pretty hard to figure out how to pronounce. And I have no idea how to pronounce the rest. And I don't know if I even (laughs) did this one very close at all. Agnieszka Smoczenska. We went to the Agnieszka Smoczenska. She's not. I will be referring to the characters based on how they are credited on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> based off so. of attributes that Jamie will be assigning to them, like headband <laughs> and bad hair. Yeah. And I, I feel like the Criterion website does a perfect job of, of just a general summary. It calls it a genre-defying horror musical mashup that follows a pair of carnivorous mermaid sisters drawn ashore to explore life on the land in an alternate 1980s Poland. Tale as old as time. Yeah, basically. It is based off of Hans Christian Andersen, but in a way that's like, do I have to read Hans Christian Andersen? It's a pretty, that's yeah. some freaky stuff. Say it's a uh, dark feminist twist on it. Yeah, but some of the weird stuff is actually... yeah. Well, some of the weird stuff. The seafoam. Seafoam. Plenty of weird stuff. stuff. Yeah, the seafoam is the, definitely the thing that is in the original tale. And, you know. Tale? Go. <laughs> a lot of fairy tales, if you go back, like like Red Riding Hood, the Three Little Bears, I think, is another one that they all have these actually, like, really disturbing origins. And you're like, oh, like, they've just been sanitized over the yeah, years. Yeah, German and Nordic folk tales. Tough. Tough for the kids. <laughs> uh, but this one obviously takes the dark one and then, you know, runs wild with it. Swims yeah. away with it. Yeah, and I think it's a good <laughs> excuse. You know, that's why it feels like Halloween. It's very much like this this legend, this tale being told, this subversion of childlike wonder into yeah. something a little dark and sinister with a monster. With so. some uh, body horror thrown in. And this is uh, Smochenska's debut film, which is a pretty wild one to go. I guess all in on it. You get some wild musical elements. You get some horror elements. You get some comedy that hits, comedy that doesn't hit. You get some body horror. You've got some amazing fish half of bodies. I don't even know if you could consider them tails with how long they are. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. I think just from the opening, I had a big smile on that. You get a quick throw in of the siren songs and you have an idea of you know, how these mermaids are able to lure in their hosts or victims or whoever they're going after and then you just get that blood curdling scream which is awesome it's a rags to riches to see foam tail <laughs> basically i would uh, say my enjoyment was sort of i i kind of had a roller coaster where i'd be like oh i'm really into this and then something would maybe kind of 
maybe intentionally so get under my skin. Like, you know, we have that great opening under scene. your fins <laughs> <laughs> under my make me make me uh, feeling a little green out of the gills yeah a little bit <laughs> let's see yeah so many how many, how many fish puns we can get in counter <laughs> but uh so yeah like the opening scene this is going to be a different kind of film not your daddy's little mermaid <laughs> <laughs> And um, and it's scary. And I also think that like mermaids and like creatures from the sea are kind of an untapped horror creature. Yeah. Except for the throwaway joke of like Cabin in the Woods. You don't really get a good I'm going to tear your throat out mermaid often. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I liked seeing the evil side of, of mermaids in that story and, and how it, it might have been originally written. I don't think I have ever read the Hans Christian Andersen version of the little mermaid yeah and i to chris's point earlier just wanted to caveat there is some pretty before you check this one out there is some pretty like riding the line of being kind of triggering sexual assault and sexual stuff in here that i think is definitely first a cultural understanding of what's landing is supposed to be funny or supposed to be satire in Polish is harder, but then also the fact that it's directed by a woman and it's got a lot of feminist angles that are very clear, makes it a little better, but definitely from the go, we just got creepy dudes doing creepy things to these mermaids immediately. So that's always kind of, that's to Jamie's point, feeling into it and out of it. It's sometimes hard because it's just this kind of carefree, let's become superstars even though we're mermaids story but there's just this skis yeah but then it's also like you need to deal with eastern european prostitution for young women (laughs) yeah and so that that is an element of it that takes some of the fun integration musical it isn't it wild that we're a little creepy and we're mermaids it's like yeah but also (laughs) like bar managers want to like touch your fish vagina and that's in the first that, yeah, five that's, minutes you know? <laughs> that's the scene i was gonna because i was like basically like the first scene is like this sort of like little horror vignette yeah proof and then concept. we jump ahead and basically yeah like it we kind of skip ahead we skip a lot of exposition because the next time we meet these two girls silver and golden they're just like part of the family and they're sitting in this like skeevy nightclub room stripping and have no butt cracks. <laughs> yeah. they have no it's kind of like Kyle XY for no I'm not sure how it was said in Polish, but the English subtitles said they're smooth like Barbies. Yeah, that was honestly more disturbing than the fishtails to right. me. I was just like, that was just such a weird image that I was like, ugh. Like, right. <laughs> Much like you splashed water onto them to get their tails to come back in this movie. We thought this would serve as a good splash of water. <laughs> Going back to the faculty. It's a course, palate cleanser. Keeping our yeah. That really, you know, introduces an extra shock to the system here of a different kind of horror. You know, you've been having your cocktails and now you need to chew on some ginger before you get into that raw fish. I don't know. This seems <laughs> this like is the... just, you just took a shot and someone <laughs> hits you in the face. With a no, this is like eating like a sea urchin or like uni, a uni is delicious. <laughs> yes. It's like this is where you like go really outside the box. You're like, oh, I had some California roll. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to now I'm going to now I'm going to try raw, like, the... like Gollum. Yeah. <laughs> I think it works tonally, though, like just to uh, rhythms. Like, obviously, I think you can tell this isn't one that we feel 
passionately as just the scariest or the best or whatever, but it's just got that sense of weird and unease watching it, especially even with some of the cultural differences that are like, it's just because this is an objectively weird movie or is this just something I don't know about 1980s Poland? It throws you off a rhythm both. in a good way that feels very Halloween. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, these are uh, it's, uh, everyone in it is in a costume too. That just like, there's just <laughs> costumes all throughout that are pretty awesome. Yeah. And even in the dance scenes and the in the stripping burlesque kind of scenes, the different dancers and their crazy outfits are pretty hilarious. I, I mean, it's it's a little hard to pull off one of these characters at a party. You'd have to explain a lot, but it would be fun to have a lore themed <laughs> party. Yeah, that would be uh, some serious. You would need to Mariah carry somebody around in a stroller <laughs> or something if they got this tail attached yeah. to them. But and I, I want to make it clear, I, 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 I'm not hating on the movie at all. I, I did actually really enjoy it. I, I, I just think that it is something that, you know, maybe if if you happen to wander into this podcast and if you happen to wander into watching this film, it just I think it's important to be aware that it is like it does take some big swings and that it is, you know, inherently a little weird and sometimes quite off-putting yeah. so and i think to, just to be aware but i think that's it's all kind of intentional yeah. and I, I, I watched an interview with smochenska the director I, I hope i'm not messing that up again but she talked about how her mother um owned a nightclub when she was younger and like had a lot of these experiences as a young kid and then young girl who was part of just kind of that scene and being around it and you got to see the back doors and back rooms and the things that were going on in the kitchen versus like the glitz and glam of the show and then i'm sure also being there young or sober watching the patrons is pretty strange and awkward and can be terrifying so i think she she brings that in really well and and i i'm not sure if if much time passes between the opening and once we get into the club or if that's just the power of the mermaids and they're able to use their siren song and their kind of almost telekinesis powers to enhance the mood of of whoever they're trying to assimilate with and all of a sudden now they've been there forever but it's really been a few hours and that's something i like this movie could be two hours but it's a zippy 90 because there are just things where it's like you don't fully understand what just happened in this relationship or why people are buying into these mermaids now or whatever else but we would be a very different type of movie if we stopped to explain it to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's just a, you just move on to the next scene and keep that tone going. When I was watching it, I felt like that this would be, it's a bit of an alternate 1980s, but it's, it's a type where I'm sure these people grew up with tales of mermaids and fishing stories from legends. And you're just like, Oh, they're back now. Sure. Yeah. We're, we're, we're fine with that. And then now they're joining into a band cause they can sing beautifully. Yeah, I liked that. That was a good moment for me when you didn't really know how far that was going to be extended. If it was like, is there going to be this whole element to this movie about people being like cool costume, right? And like that being (laughs) this whole rigmarole comedy of errors thing. And right off the bat, like their first musical number, they enter a fishbowl and are just dangling out and are fully mermaids. And people are like, I'm down with that. Yep. You know, like that's cool. And I liked how the movie was just like, yep, yeah, people are into it. They're mermaids and then that's they're gonna be stars now. Yeah. You know, star is born, mermaid is is hatched. But these aren't like these the, the tales they have are not the classic mermaid tale. They're like eel tales. They're not well, yeah, very they're creepy. like what fishes actually look like, not what anthropomorphized fish women look like. <laughs> Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no hourglass. It, it is six feet of fish. Yeah, yeah it's also no disturbingly hips. long too. That's the other thing is that it's just enormous tail. Yeah, we never get to see these people at max speed. Nope. 
in the water, <laughs> but we're talking whipping through these waves. Yeah, Mako shark. <laughs> I mean, they've got like nurse shark teeth also, which are pretty yeah. awesome. And then from from that initial reveal that everyone is okay with them, they quickly become the stars of this kind of seedy nightclub, and they are the money makers. And we go a bit in and out, jumping of tones and and story structure between the story of the you know young talent at a nightclub or type of movie where they're taking in the money they want to be top dog versus a building three-way love triangle ish type thing kind of four ways depending on what that mom was doing or whoever she was and then and then you also get musical numbers just fully peppered in that sometimes work and sometimes don't really hit yeah that's one thing that i would emphasize i wouldn't put this on a musical podcast love a good music but the the numbers are steady the numbers are very you know disco and abba inspired there's probably one that i think really resounded as like what was that on spotify that's a banger that'll that's definitely emotionally resonant for the two characters rest of it is more kind of like cabaret where it's just kind of like we are doing this as part of a greater spectacle and song is included but we're focusing much more on the visuals in this than putting together like this ornate orchestral piece kind of yeah. thing. And the musicals themselves almost so, like serve as that kind of, you know, to go back to food metaphors, like that acidic bite of, uh, you know, lime or something to to clear out, clear out that palate. This <laughs> is just yeah. guzzling as drinks. You're, <laughs> as you're going back into your tacos or something because you're dealing with uh, intense possibly childhood sexual trauma and those types of things so now you get a fun shopping musical before you have to go back <laughs> and and deal with what happens at this underground cd club and just the idea of of being a young person growing up and learning your sexuality and being interested in older and this one humans but not knowing how to actually interact or talk to them or how to even just have like a sexual moment with them yeah. yeah, it seems like, I, I mean, I would say that everything about this film and the reason I think I really appreciate it is that despite just how much of like a, it feels like such a singular artistic expression by the director, like bravo to being able to get a budget to make this like very... What Polish I state very, media funded Although this, did so, you see... Yeah. Did you see what the poster looks like in Poland? Because they definitely did not know how to promote this after they funded it. Yeah, I mean, just doing Google searches for this movie is like immediately would read as 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 porn to anybody so, else watching. Yeah. The poster, the poster in Poland, they were like, "Oh, we just paid for this. We're not sure what to do. Let's make this seem like it's basically burlesque or Chicago show. Yeah, Chicago showgirls. Not a scale <laughs> in sight. No, there. Yeah, there's nothing to say that this is even about mermaids whatsoever the artwork that criterion <laughs> used is absolutely amazing i love it i i don't know if i needed to own this one but i do <laughs> i'm glad you got to use it you got, you got to open that case for it uh, but um yeah, it was fresh as i was saying the name, you know, the name just, in poland is daughters of dancing so you would see that poster and be like sure you know and they'd be like wait yeah did i miss a key ingredient <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i i felt like the director was sort of like this was all just meant to be like you said, like in her interviews, like she is talking about like this is sort of her love letter that that growing up and like this is obviously like influenced by her upbringing. And I think we talked about this a lot about like horror genres that it kind of allows you to maybe dive into some of these themes in a way that is, you know, separate from yourself, but 
allowing you to still explore like a personal level. Yeah. Like how this affected her. Yeah. I really enjoy having those musical numbers and those moments. And because I feel like if this just stayed dark and was this love story or love triangle and and coming of age and just it would have been it would have just felt a lot heavier the musical numbers really lighten it up and make it fun and i did enjoy just seeing their teeth and watching them like rip people's necks out (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i like the how every scene you don't know if it's going to be like this is just a problem between bandmates like they got they got to figure this out (laughs) or if i'm going to eat a german man like and I think that's the the it is wild. It takes a lot of swings. It's a roller coaster, as Jamie said. But I liked it just in that if you went to go to the bathroom and came back and somebody said that literally anything happened on screen, you'd be like, sure. Yeah. OK. Like werewolves came and they kidnapped <laughs> the main singer of the band. And now she is meeting Dracula. You'd be like, oh, OK, so, you know, but that does not happen in the movie. But. You know, they, it keeps you on your toes. And that's uh, that general sense of unease throughout all of it and still just kind of being skeezed out, still just kind of being like uncomfortable with what's happening and the unpredictability of it because you've got two monsters basically hanging out with everybody. Kept it, even though it's light for extreme stretches, kept it still feeling like a horror movie because of that tension. Yeah. And there is that scene where they are fighting like cats, which was impressive. I didn't realize <laughs> mermaids on land can jump that high. Yeah, that was interesting. But and all that is just anchored by like what I would like a very kind of like at its core, like a sweet story. A girl falls in love with a boy and it doesn't work out. <laughs> Never go for a bassist. Yeah. yeah. T- Do you guys want to know how I knew that that guy was German that she uh, killed? How? I'll tell you. Track number eight of the uh, original soundtrack, Biting the German to Death. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just kind of lined that up with where it was. And I was like, yeah, that guy was German. Cool. Good to know. But, you know, give that a listen. It's I'm sure it <laughs> sounds really great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Silver Silver falls in love with the bassist and Golden begins her murder spree. Yeah. How do we feel about Golden having not golden hair? Th- that was and the first Silver thing I thought of. I having golden dro- hair. It kind of like, drove me a little nuts. <laughs> they when when we zig, this movie zags. Are we sure there the wasn't a mistranslation and like they screwed up the captions? Yeah, so they read the screenplay backwards. Uh, yeah, that was that was an interesting pivot, but I caught up with it. I made I made it work. Yeah, and then I mean we have that kind of high school ish love story going around a bit, and then there begins a bit of a investigation of the murder. And then that's when we meet Triton, who I looked up is one of the sons of Poseidon and Aphrodite. He's the dad and he's the dad and a little mermaid. Uh, Oh yeah. 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 (laughs) He's the son of Poseidon and Greek tragedy. Disney is the little mermaid. I was waiting for flounder to show up at some point. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's like a cheeky letterboxd review. Like not enough Sebastian for my (laughs) day. Like shut the fuck up. But uh, I almost wrote that. So. And I I did like that. You know, he had a backstory, even though we didn't really know at all, but he's clearly come on land. He started a metal band and had to cut off whatever horns he had. I had to say that. Because that looked intense. I want to see that. Yeah. Very Hellboy moment. Yeah, I, that did create. Yeah, that did create this kind of Hellboy Constantine level of like, yeah, you know, monsters are around, and I, you know, kind of like what we do in the shadows, where it's like, 
there are werewolves around. They can come over and talk to you. I, I almost expected them to inject one more type of creature, but that was a good element. People were like interested in them, but they weren't like, their minds weren't exploding. Like yeah. if this were to happen to us. Where we'd E.T. Like, hazmat suit men weren't coming to take them away for testing. It reminds me in some sense of that, this German movie called Luce, L-U-Z, which is just a very lo-fi, low-budget film. And I like that they're similar because they both kind of approach these subject matters in like this sort of genre of filmmaking, but they kind of get points across in very like clever and like very low-fi ways, the way that they would like hint at telepathy through like Iraq focus or like how they would just do like kind of like simple like sleight of hand edits sort of thing like when she turns the foam at the end we obviously have a lot of money put into these like fishtails and maybe all the money went to that <laughs> but I so but I like that they're kind of using the director as sort of kind of grounding the world still and not getting like too out there with like some of like the camera techniques and that everything just felt very like we're just going to hint at these things in a very simple way, which I enjoyed. And I like, kept yeah. And I liked up. that, that, that kept the mystery alive too. Like if you mm-hmm. just see somebody slowly transformed and, and I'm melting and they turn into sea foam, it's like, I see it. I wrap my head around it. I understand it, you know, mm-hmm. but like to do this weird series of panaways and cuts. And then it's like that person's sea foam. Now it's like, what, what? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. You know, Oh, they got sprayed with water. Now they have tails again. Like what happened? You know? And that kind of, they're out and open, but not everything's out in the open. Not everything is going to be spoon fed to you of like the internal logic of monsters working. You know, like <laughs> I always hate that when movies are like, well, you know, well, I mean, I'm not going to shit on gremlins. That's great. <laughs> you know, but that's uh, a comedy. But if you add gremlins logic to things that are not gremlins, you know, where it's like, oh, OK, th- no one will like this movie if you don't understand the four rules of how this monster works. It's like. I bet they would, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that we could, you could, you don't have to force feed us too much. Yeah. It feels a little bit in, in that conversation with like Sleepy Hollow where it's like, I don't know what superpowers this thing has anymore, but sure. I'll believe whatever is happening. We're down to clown, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. we, you, you know, you throw, you throw a ghoul at us. We're not going to call him a goblin, but we don't, we don't <laughs> yeah. know the difference. And then, and then they throw in the surgery where another girl has her lower half cut off and, and they switch the tails. I mean, that scene is pretty. That was wild. Pretty gruesome and, and like that was well, very well done. And then also, I was like, now what happens to this other girl? Did they just throw her in the river? Yeah, she's she's again bait. another backstory where I'm like, who's out here grinding to be a mermaid? I don't know. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, but, but with the way the patrons were so in love with seeing the tail, I could easily see that turning into some sort of crazy modern version of like social media trends where kids cut off their lower half and get a tail don't don't give them ideas with their tiktoks that's the next one the yeah, <laughs> curmudgeon, curmudgeon podcast as we are uh, yeah I, I really found that like just this movie is much more than the sum of its parts in terms of yeah. the impression it lasts like you know i there are certain scenes that just like resonate very little on the merits of what happens in them but it just develops a very nice tapestry that keeps 
an atmosphere going, keeps you a general sense of, I know what they're getting at. Like, I know that this person has a connection to this nightclub scene and a connection to this story and tying it to the darker elements of the former. And I'm in, you know, so there's not a lot of surprises that way. But the the small directions that they go within that framework are just continually wild. And that's why it was hard to watch it with someone coming in and out of the room when they were like, what the hell is this? <laughs> so caveat, but um, yeah, you know, works great as we start week two to give you something fresh. Yeah, I watched it alone late at night, but I would say it's definitely a fun one to almost like spring on someone who's totally unexpecting. I would love to do yeah. that on someone. They Show them the Polish poster and be like, did you like Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again? Yeah. <laughs> because this is just kind of like a Polish version. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I did like the little things that they bring into real world elements that these characters with superpowers can kind of do, like how Triton has the metal band that when Golden goes to sing for them, she can like hit notes that are like so intense that it makes metal music better than what like the humans are used to hearing. The splurg yeah. from Eurovision. Exactly. Yeah. This is a Eurovision You had to bring it in. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that was also a cool departure where I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of poppy and colorful. And then when they met Triton, they're like, we're goth now. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a fun. Like, I'm wondering what. They definitely uh, went from like 14 to 20 very quickly throughout this movie. Yeah. With the track listing here, I'm like, all right, I feel love cover. And then I feel like the next song is death metal. <laughs> so they, they had a nice pivot. Yeah. There's a few few of those moments that like didn't hit like the shopping musical for me. Yeah. Like was the most on the nose musical and then also kind of the least interesting for me. Yeah, just, they try to go full integration Bubsy Berkeley yeah. musical number and it's like that's what it's kind of abandoned yeah. after that. It's ban- like, yeah. Yeah. And it was of- tough, I feel like, watching it also with subtitles and trying to understand it. I'm I wasn't always sure what was, you know, musical singing to me into the audience and as like diegetic or non diegetic within the world. Yeah, I think pretty much everything was diegetic. <laughs> Anything that I assumed, like people just, well, they can't know that they're mermaids, so that can't be diegetic. No, no. no one cares. No <laughs> yeah, one cares no about it. No anything. one bats an eye. They're just Poland like, oh, is yeah. incredibly chill about weird shit. They're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, this is like a spinoff of like what we do in the shadows. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's what <laughs> but even in like, what we do sure. in the shadows, they have to hide. Yeah, there's some degree of decorum, but this is like they should show up. Hey, if the lure, the, the, the two girls show up in season three, I'm down. I, I mean, that would be a hilarious way to expand that world is to add in that like there's Eastern European mermaids. They said they're heading to America, you know. So. Well, they are in the TV show. One, you gotta watch the TV show. It's great. One nitpick. No, no, I meant, I meant the, the mermaids. So they were oh, yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. But I, I, They'll meet I don't, there is what we're yeah, saying. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think Staten that Island. that ended up happening. I'm not sure that sea foam can blow that far. Yeah. yeah. Blown in the wind. But uh, that's one nitpick I would say is the beginning really lends itself to good horror because they're in dark submerged water. And that is awesome for setting up a shark attack style thing with this malevolent, you know, thinking mermaid. I wanted that. Like at first you think that the main characters are killed by these mermaids. It ends up just being a meat cute, honestly. (laughs) But if they could, you know, there are scenes where they're, I like that they reversed it a bit in the, the car attack scene where instead of getting yeah. the cool up out of the dark water, she has to, she's dragging <laughs> them in like yeah. flop, flop, flop. And yeah, it's kind of girl walks home alone at night kind of vibe, uh, but it, you know, you lose the power of there is 
a good element you could have worked with here in the in the murky waters of things. But again, it's kind of a misdirection at the beginning where it's like, no, that's not the movie this is. You know, these are land mermaids. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, you're right. It, it, I mean, it does like it sets up the film and kind of like what it's about in some sense, but it's more of like a traditional way. So it's almost like it, even though it is already at the beginning, sort of taking this old fairy tale and flipping it on its head and making it darker and like flipping. Kind of, yeah uh it kind of does uh you know it fishtails from the very next scene and it's like actually we're even going further away from this like and then it's just like a constant swerving dolphin kicking (laughs) i I was trying to think of other other words i was angling for it yeah angling (laughs) caught up in the current um that we're trolling real hard (laughs) i did like just kind of i I do like a good matter of fact but um bum kind of ending for a movie like this i feel like it delivered too yeah i I think you know at the end of all this it's just a very predictable measure of like okay if you do know the story you know that doesn't end well and you know the person turns to sea foam but the manner that that happened just on its face when she married this i think it's silver is in love with the bassist he marries someone else they're all at the the boat party it's great she could kill him to save herself but she turns to sea foam and i think that's like da 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 nice ending but then just despite that golden jumps on him and rips out his throat and (laughs) then that's the end of the movie and jump i did not like jumps back in the water i did not think he deserved the affection of silver no, no, he was an that. asshole the entire but it, no, it's, 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 just a, it's, it's like that first total, love you have in high dweeb. school. You just, yeah, right, it's just right. all, bad all consuming. <laughs> right. And I liked that that was kind of recognized by her bloodthirsty sister. Like, fuck this guy. I'm going to yeah. rip his throat out and I'm going to yeah. go on to my next adventure. Yeah. But because there is no um, sister in the original story. Right. I mean, there's other. I mean, one of my questions to you guys was, have you have either of you read the original story? Because I haven't. I, I've just read the Wikipedia entry yeah. of the story yeah. when someone <laughs> yeah, told me the Wikipedia. Yeah. But um, no, I think it is you just the one mermaid trying to go with the one land guy. But I think they were like, if it's a striptease, we need, you know, a duo. You know, I don't know. What's well, I think it's more just like the having the 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 sister element. And I mean, maybe the director had a sister and it's like more personally weighted. But I also think it adds that layer of like, having someone on your side who's telling you like no like you shouldn't be doing this and ultimately is the one that even if she's not able to save her sister she's at least able to i guess avenge her in some sense yeah and she gets to be the dark one she gets yeah. to be the one while this i mean she's the metal band and... lead singer now or at least oh yeah for sure she's the anti become a human i'm gonna kill humans i'm gonna full my animal lust kind of person and well the other person's like i'm gonna cut off my fins and you know, get get these get these boots walking. <laughs> she loses. She does lose her voice, which I thought yeah. was a good like. Oh, okay. I know this. I've I've seen this one before. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Do you guys think that Golden ever comes back to land? I, you know what? I think Golden to New York Boogaloo. You know, <laughs> I think that there would be a good case for her popping up in another decade and trying on some new heroin sheet clothes and doing that doing that music scene i don't know she probably swam the new york and died from the pollution in the river i want to see golden eating uh the strokes yeah, in I the mean, 90s that some people would argue that would have saved us a lot of hassle um i'm not one of them but you know for all the strokes haters out there but yeah i think uh overall it's just a good reminder too that like 
sometimes things on their face that are a picture of pumpkins that we have a we have a pumpkin count in this podcast and we should but you know the dvd copy that's just got a pumpkin on it and a knife isn't necessarily going to scratch the specific halloween itch because it has you know our thesis is about that child you know childhood corruption that sense of something lurking you know just beyond the trees or just beneath the water in this case and just kind of those like weird inner minglings of the spirit world meeting the the real world in certain sense and that's what makes these movies feel like halloween and those this movie while not being particularly scary scratches that itch and hits that tone consistently yeah so don't judge a book by its mermaid. Oh, well, don't judge yeah. it by its Polish co- poster. Yeah, don't judge it by its Polish poster. <laughs> judge it by the Criterion it. one. I was wondering, in the tradition of now what is always happening in American horror films, do you think that this would ever get an American remake? I think it will be... It, I honestly could see it. I, I mean, I, there kind of already is some... It would be a lot more like Jennifer's Body, I would say. Like Let the Right One In? Yeah, it would it would work much better as anything with more overt female empowerment as American, because I think that it's it's lurking beneath the surface, but in this one a little bit more than it could in, you know, kind of a Jennifer's body or not American, but girl walks home alone at night or something like that, where it's like, I'm going to prey on men <laughs> because they think that I am innocent and want to take advantage of me. Now I'm going to take advantage of their layering a little under the thing. skin. There's yes. a remind, there's a that that segment in VHS with like the uh, it's not a mermaid but it's like a a siren succubus succubus yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, it kind of reminds me of it and I know that they did actually make a feature length of that that is very weird <laughs> yeah the, also spring the uh, yes yeah yeah spring Morehead, which is great is you know that one could have used the practical effects of this to make it really <laughs> land for me because that monster does not look good but um, i'm a i'm a fan you know. i love that film i do but yeah no certainly that that is kind of like a little more traditional like storytelling right. narrative and this is like i i just don't i don't i could see this being remade for sure but i just think that they would adapt they would strip it and americanize it yeah To make this incredibly particular to me and Jamie, sorry, listeners, this is definitely the type of foreign feature that would have slipped into the midnight section of our favorite mid-tier international film festival, the Cleveland International Film Festival, (laughs) which we both have staffed at different portions of our lives. And that's our After Dark Midnight series is basically just like, did you get into Sundance? you know tiff yeah fangoria even no like we'll put in something weird and so that's this kind of felt like that yeah this this went to sundance and fantasia fantasia i bet it was a hot ticket because i I mean you basically see musical with man-eating mermaids and you're like all right i mean it's got the log line to move some people (laughs) to the to the other auditorium for sure but I, I think overall, this is not only a good coming from the water-centric faculty, but I think it's good for the movie that I'm a little excited about coming up in uh, number nine that I've just been like itching to talk about and that I'll be heading up <laughs> next. Tomorrow's entry uh, definitely loves a good legend 
just like the legend a little more maybe a little more urban legend yeah and uh well luck- luckily enough you've been sweet enough not to <laughs> force this on us earlier in our listening yes it's got some buzz uh, you know just <laughs> <laughs> i just had those two words in my head to make a joke sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. well you know much like the lore you'll be hooked on this next <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah there we go there we go just are are basically we're coming out now and like if tomorrow we're the music man they're like we're basically coming out with our jokes and being like ladies and gentlemen the music man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway so yeah. tomorrow's the music man um but i'm excited to to dive into that one but uh well i had to say um because this is the one film that None of us had seen. So this is like kind yeah. of like the real curveball for even us going into it, which I also think is a fun thing to do. You know, maybe if you're listening to this list, maybe you've seen all these movies, maybe you've only seen a few of them. But I definitely, you know, I think every October, I think we're always watching the classics and the ones that we always fall back on. But I think there's also something to be said about kind of looking for other things that you maybe haven't seen, maybe missed over the years. And this is one that we all had not seen and took a chance on it and I think came out, came out wet on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely something that I like to think is take a stab on something that you've just had on your criterion watch list. Have so, you know, and I think this is a good example of the one that isn't going to be on vultures yeah. list or anything like that, but something that we could definitely say, you know, gives you a little bit of variety and takes you places that you're not going to go in other places on the yeah. list. So this was just sitting on my shelf unopened. I, cause I had read that log line on the back of the criterion box set, which is like, yeah, I, I had just have to watch for, for another day. Yeah. <laughs> three years go by. Well, and I, I mean, I really wanted to watch it with, I have a lot of friends who are very into musicals. I enjoy musicals a lot. And this just, I don't know. I felt like musicals have been getting a little stale and I'm, you know, how often do you get, horror comedy musicals i I feel like you can kind of name them on your hand yeah and it was definitely fun after fighting over a list and having a bunch of movies we'd already seen to just have a completely left field one and it also be a a musical well uh, well picked definitely not stale fresh (laughs) fresh fish fresh fish market over here (laughs) anyway i'm gonna go i'm gonna go yeah uh, just gag myself uh but i'm trying to think of one last pun i could end on but i'm coming up you're floundering (laughs) coming up dry love it yeah coming up dry uh good pick chris and uh yeah see you tomorrow bye